trigger warning. Ding, ding. This episode contains... This episode is all about people unaliving themselves and cultism that has influenced others to unalive themselves. So if this content is not your cup of tea, we ask that you stop listening now. Mostly because we're not going to call it unalive in the episode. We're going to call it by its name, which is suicide. Mm -hmm. So trigger warning, please be advised. Listener discretion is advised. (laughs) Also children. Yeah, don't listen to this in front of children. Yeah, no. And there's like children. Wouldn't you say that's kind of murder? What they did if she yeah, threw someone where off. She, yeah, that is murder. There's a little uh, Easter egg. There, not Easter egg, but uh, what's the word? Preface. Yes. So there's that too. So trigger warning. Everything. <laughs> this, is, this is a sensitive subject here. Mm-hmm. Or a cult crew. It is I, Mary Postmortem. And Kira's here too, somewhere. <laughs> I'm over here. Hey, I'm not wearing pants. Nope, because we're free in the, the knees. knees. That's one thing I can do with you. It's true. <laughs> Marcy's like, no. We had a whole campaign about that, and then Marcy yeah. came in and she's anti knees. I'll still throw in the freeing the knee movement. She just then has to throw in the freeing the nips movement. Pretty soon you'll have a full naked woman at some point. It's true. But you'll have to imagine with our voices because you'll never actually see us and definitely not see us naked. No. Nope. I mean, you'll see my knees. It's true. We've poured out your knees quite a few times. So many. <laughs> So, so today, we're going to touch on a very sensitive subject. Yeah. But it's still September, and September is Suicide Awareness Month. So in honor of all those wonderful people who decided to leave us too soon, we're doing an episode on the horrors of mental health. There's nothing scarier than the inside of your own brain. It's it's true. Yeah. It also, <laughs> it, also re- it reminds me of Beetlejuice, the cartoon. <laughs> I love that Like, cartoon. whenever they do shots of Beetlejuice's brain, it was always, like, really gross and dirty in there. There's cobwebs and, like, gooey stuff. <laughs> That's true. I forgot all about that. Mine would be real weird. <laughs> what would the inside of your brain look like? Um, I <laughs> think it would be very cluttered. So, I, I did this once. I, I imagine that my... My uh, head is like a room full of filing cabinets uh-huh. and there's paper everywhere. Right. And I have to file all the paper wherever they go in the cabinets. But there's a window and the window's broken. OK. <laughs> and there's a lot of wind that comes by. <laughs> yeah. So all the papers go everywhere. And that's constantly my brain. <laughs> and I'm sure our phantom Zach can attest to this because he's heard us re- record and re-record many times. I think my brain would change constantly because sometimes it would probably be similar to that. And other times it would be like creepy, scary monsters. And then sometimes it'd be full of puppies and kittens and glitter. Do the puppies and and glitter scare away the monsters? I guess so. (laughs) Well, they don't stay very long. No, no. everything's a fleeting moment. (laughs) 
<laughs> in my things, head. <laughs> things move too fast in Kira's head. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, where did they go? The speed of light, the speed of Kira. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> or it's like because my head is so big, it could be on like a revolving stage oh, no. <laughs> so it's just like what's in my frontal frontal your frontal, frontal. my frontal lobes but that's probably die. how freud said it your frontal lobe <laughs> yep uh i'm weird <laughs> aren't we all it's accurate at least the cool people are it's true and all the weirdos are welcome at our table. <laughs> That's right. Because you keep downloading our episodes. It's true. And we appreciate that. We do. We very much appreciate it. Because <laughs> we have like 20 listeners now. Do we really? What makes Yeah, that's, I figured. Almost a quarter of a hundred. That's almost a quarter of a hundred. <laughs> I figured we should bump it up from 12 to, to, 20. to 20 now. But are these numbers accurate? <laughs> because we're at, what, two years now? Yeah, we have did our two-year anniversary episode. That's right. Yeah, so we should have 20 listeners. <laughs> we started with We gained 10 a year. That's right. <laughs> That's all we need is just those 10 people. Because <laughs> those are the cool ones. We only want to keep it close to the chest. It's true. People who are fans of Utah. Yep. We almost have as many fans as the church. Score! Zing! <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because it's not accurate at all. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to kill you. I have pumpkin spice sinuses. <laughs> we should probably stop drinking coffee when we do episodes because every time I almost commit murder. It smells so nice though. <laughs> Her corpse was so fragrant. <coughs> okay. I'm I'm good. Speaking of corpses. Those those poor unfortunate people who decided to become corpses way too soon. Yeah. So let's talk about this a little bit. Okay. And I know we would preface this before the episode, but for those of you who are listening, we are not going to skirt around the word suicide Mm-mm. or the causes or anything like that. So if this is something that triggers you or is very sensitive, this is not the episode for you. We still love you and we appreciate your support, but we do want to be serious and um, create less of a stigma around these things. And we start by calling it what it is, Mm -hmm. which is suicide. So with that in mind, let's look at some facts. (laughs) Can you say the facts? (laughs) Let's look at some facts. We got to add some humor to make, to lighten the load of this episode. Always. So don't take offense to it. They they should be used to it by (laughs) now. I mean, we talk about some pretty... (laughs) It's true. If it's not gross food and animal attacks, it's horrible murders and terrible people. Yep. And penises. (laughs) And lots of penises, always. We can offend someone at least once in an episode. And if it's not anyone else, it's ourselves. It's true. So I'm going to start with probably the most heart-wrenching. Okay. Um, So on the CDC government, as of deaths in... Uh, 2022, for people who are 10 to 24 years old, it was 6,529. For people 25 to 44 years old, which is our age range, it was the highest, which is 16,843. For people 45 to 64 years old, it was 15,632, so the next highest group. 
And then people um, 65 and older, it was 10,433. That's a lot too many. That's way too many. Um, it's very So the fact that 10-year-olds are committing suicide really that's, hurts. That's sad. And, like, puberty is to blame partially for that, um, especially in, in females. In one of the, these articles, uh, there's many cases of females committing the act while they're menstruating um, due to the hormonal hormonal fluctuations and things like postpartum depression or um, like premenstrual um, issues. What is it? Like PPD. <laughs> Come back, words! <laughs> I just, I think it's sad because whatever happened it just being super bitchy to people. Right? <laughs> like, I mean, I don't really have issues in that area. I'm, like, one of the few that it doesn't affect. Yeah. Like, everyone else. So, it's, like, I can't... I can only go off of, like, seeing all of my friends going through those issues. Because I was blessed for the one thing where that doesn't bother me. It's just everything else sucks about my body. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, the, What I was trying to think of is PMDD. So, premenstrual dysphoric disorder, uh. which is... um. It's a premenstrual syndrome that includes physical and behavioral systems that usually resolve the onset of menstruation. Mm. Um, <clears throat> so when I was younger, I was like you, but now that I'm older, I have more of like this, even though I haven't been diagnosed with it. But it there's a lot of intrusive thoughts right before that time of the month, and it gets really hard. Um, and it's it's interesting that the mind is is a dark place because a lot of people play off of the whole idea of, oh, it's just a matter of perspective. But there's only so much you can control, like, your body and the way that your mind functions. This is true. And what I mean by that, because I'm going to go back to my filing cabinets and the <laughs> chaos of paper. Like, that's, being a neurodivergent person, that's something I can't control. And I feel like a lot of those things are overlooked. Like, um, there's a lot of statistics about people who have, um, so, like, causes of suicide. So, the disorders and mental health conditions that are the most affected by suicide are um, borderline personality disorder. Up to 10% of individuals that have received a diagnosis of BPD die by suicide. Depression. And I feel like depression is the one that gets focused on the most, mm -hmm. which is a stigma in and of itself because it just goes back to the whole perspective thing, which is not, which is not accurate. And even then, like if, if you have like a hormonal imbalance, it's a lot easier to be depressed than it is to be happy. Um, so people with depression, the likelihood of suicide is approximately 15%. Um, with bipolar disorder, they are 10 to 30 times more likely to die by suicide than those in the general population. Post-traumatic stress disorder, um, it's associated with an elevated chance. It doesn't give me numbers. Um, there's also substance abuse disorders and psychosis. These are going to be things like um, schizophrenia and um, I'm trying to think of another one on the on the list um, like split personality types of disorders and things like that those people have a are five to seven percent more likely to die by suicide um, stress is a contributor especially for those in youth anxiety disorders and eating disorders people with eating disorders are five to six times higher than those without specific eating disorders to die from suicide and this is from, this information comes from Psych Central, which is um, a psychology publication. I think they have a magazine as well. But it's not, 
it's not just being sad or being stressed out or being anxious. It's a lot of things, you know, feeling like you can't, you don't have any other options. Mm -hmm. Um, There was a quote that I read once that said, dying by suicide isn't wanting to die. It's wanting to be free of like your symptoms, wanting to be free of the sadness and the chaos that is your life. So with all that sadness in mind, Mm -hmm. we're going to go to a ranking system. Because Utah is among the highest in the nation for suicide. Um, uh, on the CDC website, so cdc.gov, suicide mortality by um, state, Utah is at 20.1%. The highest is Wyoming, which isn't that far away, by 32.3%. I would not have guessed Wyoming. It kind of makes sense because there's not a whole lot there. So look at this map, though, and you'll notice that it's the West, right? We're right next to us, right? Yeah. That has the most deaths. So the states that are on this this map are New Mexico, Oklahoma, Colorado, um, Wyoming, South Dakota, and Montana. Wyoming and Montana have the highest deaths, and so do Alaska. Why is it the wilderness states? (laughs) So... I think that's fascinating because two things about that. One thing that I've noticed is that, like, Oklahoma and Montana, um, so I know Montana and Wyoming are red states, right? Mm -hmm. And I believe Oklahoma is, too. I'm not sure about New Mexico. Colorado is a a blue state. South Dakota, I'm not entirely sure. I think it's a red state. Um, There's that. There's also the fact that it's a harsh climate. They're right along the Rockies. And I also think there's just, because there's less population in places like Wyoming and Montana, I think that that does a lot for, like, the social aspect of a human. Mm-hmm. Um, Alaska ranked really high at 30.8%. Alaska makes a lot of sense to me, because what I heard about Alaska is that there's not a lot to do there, and except for drink. Yeah. And so I can see how a lot of people will succumb to drinking and become suicidal or will you know, not have anything to do and succumb to boredom, I guess. But I would also imagine that if you're out in the tundra of Montana or Alaska, like you might get in a situation where, you know, it might be better to not be alive. Nevertheless, it's interesting that, that those places have the highest mortality by suicide rates. Yeah. So I, I think it's something to look at culturally. Um, and also probably like climate wise as well. Um, also like Oklahoma, New Mexico, Colorado, Wyoming, not sure about Montana, but South Dakota, they also have a lot of indigenous nations in -hmm. those areas. Um, and I feel like there's a lot of the statistics for suicide in minorities is a lot higher than in white people. And of course there's causes that go into that, such as like social conditioning and discrimination and, yep having like you know housing so um the center for disease control suggests that there are the high there's a higher rate of suicide among lgbtq plus youth veterans non-hispanic white individuals non-hispanic american uh nate american indigenous nations and people who live in rural areas yeah so that makes sense that goes along with that west side So with Utah being up there as one of the highest in the 20s, we've got some interesting stories about some Utah, some homegrown 
non-aliving stories. I thought we were just going to say suicide. I know. I needed, we needed to <laughs> break got, the tension. You had to throw that in once. We needed to throw it in one to break the tension. It's just, who came up with the term not aliving? It just sounds weird. I, I love, I love the, the sense, like making it sensitive, right? Yeah. And it's easy. I think it's a great way to introduce children into realities. I guess that's true. And I'm all for, you know, being sensitive to triggers and I'm all for like healing, but again my stress is is that if you're going to be afraid of the word it's going to be hard to decondition yourself to be afraid of the thing yeah and also not everyone's going to be sensitive to it's topics. true it's and true if that's all you teach your kid once they actually hit reality then it's going to be harder for them to deal with as adults if they're not used to it true i also think that it, that is a contributor to um mental health problems is that having yeah. not having realistic expectations or realistic outlooks on life yeah and i think a lot of that has to do with conditioning from your environment your childhood your caregivers lots of things mm-hmm. and just for the sake of like this show when i say conditioning i mean conditioned by everything because we as animals in the universe are conditioned by everything we experience including like the sun and plant life and water and everything right mm-hmm. like a stormy day affects you a lot differently than a sunny day. You're being conditioned to know when a storm's going to arrive by the thundering and things like that. So, or the pain in your joints if you're an the, old person. If you're old like me and Kira, you get the pain in the joints. It's going to storm again. By I the way, it. I just a little bit of witchery to throw out. If cows are laying down, it's going to rain. Really? Every time, yes, every time I have seen a cow like late you know like loafing like a cat does with their uh-huh. legs like tucked under it will rain whenever i've driven like around the county just anywhere like if i'm going out to twilla or if i'm going to north salt lake or whatever uh-huh. i'll see cows or uh if i'm driving through the state of course there's a bunch of agriculture land you'll see cows but always like there'll be a big dark cloud and there'll be a bunch of cows just laying and i'm like damn it i'm about to drive into a rainstorm i wonder if there is a correlation <laughs> should we look this up really quickly yes See, we're, we're, minds me it, to know. we're bringing we're bringing it back to silliness for a minute so everyone can recover from the depth of darkness that we put them in laying down before it rains don't fail me now google <laughs> cows are able to sense the approaching rain either through the increased moisture in the air or the accompanying drop in air pressure and lie down to keep a patch of gra- of dry grass for grazing Oh, those fat little adorable bastards. <laughs> they lay down to keep their food dry. That's because they, they have do. weak joints. And no, it's just because they're a bunch of fat asses. They're like, I don't want soggy grass. That's gross. Well, it's like soggy <laughs> lettuce isn't very appetizing. That's, that's true. I don't blame them, but the oh. more you know. So, I have so many things in common with the cow. <laughs> Well, to be fair, no one likes soggy grass or lettuce. It's true. <laughs> oh, sweet little Clementine. Well, so you were partially right. Just not for joints. Just no, they don't just want... because they don't want to eat soggy grass. <laughs> I wouldn't want to lay down if I was a cow because I don't want to get all wet and like sit in a puddle. Well, and Jerry Seinfeld made a good point. How come leather shrinks but cows don't? When they're standing <laughs> out in the rain, is it how they're tanned? Like the skin is maybe the, that's a good tan point. Tan leather, maybe. Okay, <laughs> back back to 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 
to what were we talking suicide and <laughs> and non-aliving mass suicide how do we feel about mass suicides this is a trick question there's only one right answer <laughs> i mean technically it's not good but sometimes pop culture makes it funny which is also not good you're welcome we're making it funny <laughs> We're just a part of all the other Hollywood people, but we're not Hollywood people. We're not. We're wannabe Hollywood. <laughs> we're Salt Lake people. It's true. Which is in a weird whole other direction. We're Saltywood. <laughs> Welcome to Saltywood, Welcome bitches. Welcome to Saltywood. Salty <laughs> Where the petty is high and the pretty is on par. It's true. <laughs> Actually, that would make a good like mystery novel. Saltywood. The mysteries of Saltywood. <laughs> At the Lake Manor. Oh! <laughs> you should write a novel series about it. <laughs> Coming to a bookstore near you in Utah. <laughs> Only in Utah. No Only one else would Utah. understand. Only in Utah. <laughs> so, one of the most famous cults is the Heaven's Gate. Do we remember the Heaven's Gate? Are our listeners old enough to even know what Heaven's Gate is? I'm sure... If it's the, well, I know the listeners that I know of are our age. We gotta celebrate National Talk with Pirate Day a little late, but we'll talk about it anyways. In Saltwood. Saltywood. In Saltywood. Are we petties? So in 1995. The discovery of Comet Hellbop um, convinced members of the Heaven's Gate community that an alien spacecraft was on it. Scraps. Yes, the craps. A spacecraft. <laughs> <laughs> Why do all of our episodes end up with aliens? Have you noticed this? Like, especially when I come on. Aliens! Like, aliens! Did our ancient ancestors worship aliens? Yes, because we can't stop talking about it. All right. We are a product of our own kind. Aliens. This is also off the History Channel, by the way, that I'm reading this. So, of course it is. <laughs> I love the History Channel. Okay. So the Heaven's Gate members became convinced that an alien spacecraft was on its way to Earth, hidden from human detection behind the comet. In October 1996, Applewhite, who is the leader of the infamous Heaven's Gate uh, cult, rented a large home in Rancho Santa Fe, explaining to the owner that his group was made up of Christian-based angels. Applegate advocated sexual abstinence, and several male cult members followed his example by undergoing castration operations. Yep. In 1997, as part of its 4,000-year orbit of the sun, the comet Hellbot passed near Earth, in one of its most impressive astronomical events of the 20th century. In late March 1997, as Hellbop reached its closest distance to Earth, Applegate and his and 38 of his followers drank a lethal mixture of... Oh, God, there's too many vowels in this word. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's haunting Mary, is the vowels! <laughs> Creepy spirit oh, fingers! <laughs> God damn you, Western Germanic languages. <laughs> Shake fists of rage. <laughs> the mashup of Latin and West German. Okay, here, here we go, folks. Here we go. <laughs> okay. Phenobarbital. Yeah. Phenobarbital. 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 
phenobarbital. That is a lot of Somebody get me a pharmacist. (laughs) (laughs) Say it again. (laughs) Phenobarbital. Phenobarbital. Phenobarbital and vodka. At least vodka had less vowels. (laughs) Could you imagine if vodka had as many vowels as phenobarbital? I would never drink it. I'd be like, what the hell is this? This is poison. (laughs) Too many vowels. Give me something with less vowels, please. Nope. Too many vowels. Give me a Too many vowels in this. I can't drink that. That has too many vowels. I can't eat alphabet cereal either or alphabet soup for the same reason. <laughs> wow, we are learning some some new things. <laughs> um, so they, they drink this lethal mixture and then they lay down to die, hoping to leave their bodily containers, enter the alien spacecraft, and pass through Heaven's Gate into a higher existence. Do you think it worked? <laughs> Probably not. I don't think yeah. there was a spacecraft. We never saw it. (laughs) And I also don't think the aliens want, like, if aliens wanted us to be somewhere, why would they have us kill ourselves? That doesn't make sense. And not only that, why wouldn't, if there was something inside our bodies that they wanted, why wouldn't they just take it out? I mean, they have beams and stuff. They probe people all the time. Right? That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Just probe out my soul. (laughs) God. They have, like, they have, like, a, like, one of those big syringes, right? Yeah. That's what I pictured. In your asshole. Yeah. That's what I pictured when I said probe my soul. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so this apple white dude is a very interesting character. There's a YouTube video on the interwebs um, where he's like talking to his followers and trying to recruit people because he, he obviously wanted more than just the 38 that followed him. <laughs> but um, he is such a weirdo when he talks like he, he really his eyeballs are open and he he's so blink. like he's so fantastical when he talks and like you stiff yeah <laughs> but like his story is so elaborate and um cushy that you're like this is not real like how could yeah it, it's fascinating to me that people fall into the trap of thinking that 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 is real or that this person is a good person who's going to help them out instead of harm them um i just think the opposite everybody's horrible it's true that's why i am an ornery bitch (laughs) it's because i think everybody's terrible um so marshall applewhite he was a music professor who after surviving a near-death experience in 1972 was recruited into the cult by one of his nurses bonnie lou nettles in 19 well that's your first like nettles would you really trust someone with the last name nettles (laughs) nope stinging nettle man right like that's what i'm saying aren't those like aren't those poisonous flowers Mm -hmm. too yeah yeah who see poison drink from poison flower woman like this was just (laughs) and too many vowels too many (laughs) apple white and poison apples poison nettles don't see what i'm saying like just why if people have names that are synonymous with poison that is a red flag don't don't trust this person especially if their name is just poison yeah definitely don't trust those people definitely so applegate and nettles persuaded a group of 20 people from oregon to abandon their families and possessions and move to eastern colorado where they promised that an extraterrestrial spacecraft would take them to the kingdom of heaven Nettles, who called herself T, and Applewhite, who took the the name of Dew, explained that human bodies were merely containers that could be abandoned in favor of a higher physical existence. (laughs) As the spacecraft never arrived, membership in Heaven's Gate diminished, and in 1985, Bonnie Lou Nettles, Applegate's sexless sexless partner, died. (laughs) 
So that's you his first she problem. Left her is container. <laughs> she left her container without using it, without opening it. She didn't even open it. No. Ah. But I mean, maybe his problem was is that he wasn't getting laid. It could be. Wikipedia, you never let me down. <laughs> Marshall Herf Applewhite Jr. Listen to that middle name, folks. Herf. How do you spell Herf? Exactly like it sounds. <laughs> H-E-R-F-F. Herf. I, I would have added, like, uh, extra letters. And then a PH at the end. Yeah, I was going to say, we should have spelled it the Utah way and spelled it H E R P H. Herf Applewood Jr. Herf, get back in here. Herf. I got the herf. All these poor folks were infected with the herf. Oh, that's sad. It's uncurable unless you drink this concoction and follow a. Oh, no. <laughs> I've infected you, but I can hear you if you drink this concoction. <laughs> Too soon? Zing. <laughs> Alrighty, so Marshall Herf. <laughs> <laughs> also known as Do or Doe, it's just D-O, so I'm going to call him Do. <laughs> Among other names, was an American cult leader who founded what became known as Heaven Gates and organized their mass suicide in 1997. It is the largest mass suicide to occur inside the U.S. Um... Uh, do you think he truly believed it or do you think he was just psycho i think it was a little bit of both um because i can't pronounce this word either pro <laughs> too many vowels <laughs> yes and they threw in the one that sometimes a vowel and sometimes not the y oh no so um in 1974 applegate was arrested in harlington texas for failing to return a car that he had rented in missouri he was ex- extradited to st louis and jailed for six months at the time, Applegate maintained that he had been divinely authorized to keep the car. While jailed, he pondered theology and subsequently abandoned discussion of occult topics in favor of extraterrestrials <laughs> and evolution. After Applewhite's release, his buddy Nettles and he resolved to contact extraterrestrials and began seeking like-minded followers. They published advertisements for meetings where they recruited disciples whom they called crew. At these events, they purported to represent beings from another planet, the next level, who sought participants for an experiment. They claimed that those who agreed to take part in the experiment would be brought to a higher evolutionary level. So I think it was both. I think he truly believed it, and I think he's a little bit... I think the the cheese slid off the cracker a little bit with this one. He's divinely loopy. He's divinely looped. <laughs> I like that, divinely looped. Divinely looped. <laughs> Um. So in 1975, Applewood and Nettles had taken the names Bo and Pete, because that's oh not God. weird. <laughs> Let's think about this. So Bo and Peep, they have their followers, which are sheep, and they all died for the aliens. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. They had about 70 followers and saw themselves as shepherds tending a flock. You don't say Bo and Peep. <laughs> Applewhite believed that complete separation from earthly desires was a prerequisite of ascension to the next level and emphasized passage in the New Testament in which Jesus spoke about forsaking worldly attachments. So when you watch the video of him on YouTube, he does like say that he's Jesus reincarnated and shit like that. Um, and there's there was some sort of article that I had read at the time where this psychologist was talking about how he was um, a sociopath. Because you can tell based on, like, his body language and how he is so emphasized and so 
um, exaggerative about the way he talks and how he seems so earnest. But if you look at his eyes, there's not a lot of emotion and things yeah, like that. Yeah, he looks dead. <laughs> like, he does. There's just nothing. He he looks like a really bad salesman, you know? Like <laughs> He's tan and got the terrible yeah, hair, too. You know how, like, salesmen will use their eyes a little bit? Like, they'll wink at you or they'll furrow their brows a lot. Like, he doesn't. He's just, like, wide-eyed. He doesn't like, know how to blink. <laughs> yeah, he he's like a creepy salesman in a way. But I think it's fascinating that um, people, like, people went along with this. People were like, yeah, yeah, there's definitely, you know, dedication to the point where as a man, you're going to go ahead and become like a eunuch and like mm-hmm. have everything cut off. And then you, you drink a punch and you, you die. Like how, I, well, so I would rather drink coffee than die, not punch. Right. I, I would rather die from the heart attack that the caffeine has induced rather than yeah. drink vodka and <laughs> like I can't pronounce it. <laughs> Female Barbara <Tull. laughs> You're welcome. Thank you. I like how you. If you ever have to get a prescription, can I get a prescription? of <laughs> The pharmacist would be like, what the hell is that? This. There's too many vowels. <laughs> Good thing your name doesn't have very many vowels. <laughs> I know I'd be fucked if Damn. <laughs> All of us don't have very many vowels in our no our names. Nope. <laughs> our names. <laughs> brought it back to the pirates. Back to the pirates. <laughs> um one other fascinating thing about the comet Hellbob is that uh the author Mark Twain was born um, when Hellbop appeared in like 18, 1800 something or whenever he was born. And then it appeared again when he died, like 75 years later. Oh my God. He, he entered the world, world slash earth realm and then left the world slash earth. Yeah. Realm. He's an alien. Mark Twain's an alien. That, I mean, he was a very, so yeah, so Mark Twain, (laughs) Mark Twain famously said, I came in with Halley's Comet in 1835, it's coming again next year, which was 1910, and I expect to go out with it. Oh, shit. And he did. And I, I don't, I always thought that was fascinating about Mark Twain, because not only is he one of the most prolific United States writers of all time, but like, he, he was a very, um logical and pragmatic man and then he did this so i truly think that he probably is an like an extraterrestrial or something and he was he was the one that was going in and out with heaven gates not uh not nettles and apple white man i wish i was an extraterrestrial i'd be so cool right yeah i wish i wish i was a, a comet reeling through space <laughs> that would be pretty breaking cool. up breaking up shit as i went by like get the hell out of my way <laughs> I want to be an asteroid. <laughs> right? Epic damage. Yeah. Asteroids really are just the steroid embankments of little comets. I mean, it's science. <laughs> it is science. So this is science. Words. There's um, something that is not scientific, but that is well known throughout Utah. Okay, maybe not. Maybe it's just well known throughout Salt Lake. There was a hotel that still exists where a mom infamously chose to, well, she and her kids jumped from the balcony of the hotel. And this occurred in 1978 at a hotel called the Shiloh Inn. Which is right by the Salt Palace. And is now a Holiday Inn. 
And creepy stuff happens. It's haunted. It is one of the haunted places in Utah. So, this is another one of those religious things where guy believes himself to be a prophet, ends up killing himself because he's about to be indicted for crimes. And then his wife decides that, and his children decide that they're going to follow in his steed and commit suicide themselves. Which is real sad. Was it the children's choice or were they just forced to? So that's the thing is that the daughter, Rachel, is -hmm. still alive. And she believes, um, there's an article from Deseret News that she believes that her dad really was a prophet or is a god or god himself and is going to return. So she apparently willingly jumped when she was 15. And I think she was one of the oldest kids. But as far as the other kids go. How did she live? Right? How does that happen? Um, So this story was posted on Only in Your State. And before I go into the actual story, being someone native from from Salt Lake, well, the suburbs of Salt Lake, you hear growing up that, you know, there was a mother who threw her children off the balcony and then jumped herself and that the hotel was haunted. Yeah. And of course, any paranormal loving kid in the suburbs of Salt Lake wanted to stay at this hotel (laughs) Uh and have the paranormal stuff happen. I have yet to stay in the hotel I even worked for Holiday Inn at one point and still haven't stayed in the hotel. I stayed in there and I had weird shit happen. Oh, yeah. Tell us about it. During Fanex. One of the first Fanex, really. I can't remember which one. No, it wasn't the first one because that was the one when Uncle died. And I, um, what's his name that plays Picard? He was there. Patrick Stewart was yeah. there. And I was going to tell my uncle about it, but then I found out he died. But I had weird shit happen. It's crazy. It's, yeah, it was, it, it's weird. And my room was tucked off in this hallway anyways. And I was mm-hmm. like, of course I get that room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where it's tucked off in the corner and there's not really much light. Right. So I went in and just weird stuff would like, you know how they give you glasses and stuff? Yeah. Would fall off the counter. The alarm just went off, which that one could be electrical. I don't right. know. Right. But, like, the glasses and my towels kept falling down. <laughs> like, And you just felt this weird presence. I don't know what it was. And then just on the bed itself, like, you're like, you know when you can feel someone sitting on the yeah, bed? Yeah, like, there's, a, like there's yeah. weight on the bed? Yeah. <clears throat> Spooky. Yeah. Weird shit like that. That was, so the Patrick Stewart one, that was the fanex that I went to. Was it? Yeah, but I saw the lion for, because I wanted to go and I wanted him to sign a picture from Nightmare Before Christmas because he was supposed to be the original narrator. Oh, really? Yeah. So I was going to have him sign that, you know, be like a really cool fangirl. Uh And the line was way too fucking long and it was was way too expensive. And I was like, never mind. (laughs) And I left. But that's cool that you stayed. And I believe it. I believe there's probably energy there. Yeah. Um... So here's here's a ha- a mod smash up hash page mod podge of the story. Mod podge. <clears throat> so Charles Bruce Longo, a member and returned missionary of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints, aka Mormons, was excommunicated along with several of his friends in 1969. And for those of you who haven't listened to all of our episodes, excommunicated is when the church boots you out of their membership. They say, we don't want you as a Mormon anymore. You're no longer recognized as a member of our church. You can't come to our services. You can't participate. We don't want your 10%. Get out. 
We don't take kindly to your kind. Um, so Mr. Longo believed that he was God, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Ghost. The audacity. <laughs> but what about the children? His followers did too. They believed him to be the Holy Trinity. What if they believed that they themselves were also the Holy Trinity? Well, apparently they didn't because then they wouldn't be followers. They'd be cult leaders. That's true. Or they're like jellyfish where they just all come together <laughs> as one. <laughs> do you Nailed think... Wait, 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 wait. wait. Do, you, do you think a gaggle of jellyfish is a shocking good time? Ah! <laughs> Depends, are they box jellies? Oh, <laughs> getting all sciency on me. <laughs> Science. <laughs> Some people would be like, that's biology. <laughs> it's that's all science. science. Exactly. If it has an ology on it, it's science. Uh -huh. Or an or a zeum. If it's a zeum <laughs> or an ology, it's science. <laughs> so suck it. Or a su, like NASA. <laughs> science. What about Scientology? That is definitely not <laughs> no. science. That is the that is the one caveat. If someone founded it and their last name is is Hubbard or Hubbard or whatever in the hell his name is, it's not science. Not science. No. Nope. Science fiction. Yes. So there's science in it, but you add fiction. Fantastical science. <laughs> Fantastical fantastical science. Fantology. Fantology. <laughs> Isn't that what you did at Fan X? <laughs> yeah, that's what I was like. Fan no, okay, back to back to Charles Bruce. <laughs> two first names, people. That's the problem. That's <laughs> two first names. You can tell a lot about a person by their name. <laughs> if you have two first names, you're probably evil. I'm like the most contradictory <laughs> human ever. I'm like, love one another, peace. But if they have a terrible name, you should fucking hate them and not trust them at all. <laughs> The moral of the story, parents, is to name your children well so that I don't <laughs> accuse them of being monsters. And spell it properly. Yes, don't spell it the Utah way. Don't be creative with spelling. Facility! <laughs> that was an Easter egg. You gotta go back. <laughs> okay, so back to uh, Longo. Um, he took his followers and he believed that he was the Holy Trinity. He took the name Emmanuel David and his fathers called themselves Family of David. On July 31st, after finding out that the FBI was about to indict him for wire fraud. Imagine that. To a religious leader who is going to get in trouble by the FBI. I feel like we've we've done a lot of these stories. Yep. Where someone believes themselves to be a prophet. And I mean, even Applewhite, what we just discussed, had a criminal history too. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. No, it was divine. <laughs> Divinely criminal, also known as Satan. What about Dr. Satan? Because he has Satan. a PhD in being satanic. Ooh, Ooh. in occultism. I have a PhD yep. in occultism. Hill cult is so good, you don't even know. But we got the market on the O cult. Stay away, Satan. This is our turf. Yeah, get rid of your vowels. <laughs> yeah. Away with you, yeah. vowels. Away with your vowels. Ayo. So many zings. Oh, man. You took that to Zing Town and back again. And two and a half snaps flat. 
It's okay for us to make fun of Satan. He's our friend. He makes fun of us all the time. Right. But you Everything know, the old cultists fun. have to stay together. Yeah. Damn, Utahns can't even say the vowels. Utahns. Right. <laughs> um, so the FBI was about to indict him for indict him for wire fraud. Emmanuel David drove his truck into a canyon, hooked up a hose up by the hooked a hose up by the tailpipe, and committed suicide by carbon monoxide poisoning. Man, I thought it was gonna be some cool. I drove off a cliff. No, no, he had a pussy his way out. At least go in a cool way, like driving off of a cliff, right? Like Thelma and Louise, that shit. You're being yeah. chased by the FD. Eh. FDI. FBI. <laughs> the Federal Dural of Investigation. The Federal Dirt Investigation. <laughs> Y'all put tires of dirt, my friend. I mean, it is in a canyon. It's That's what I'm saying. up in there. But you got a point, man. Like, why didn't he just keep driving? You know, not only that, but like, you could have done does. both. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you could have, like, whiffed up some... extra kill. Yeah. Like, you could have, like, gotten high as fuck on your emissions and then just... Mm-hmm. Just, just brick that shit and just drive off of a cliff into the the grounded sunset? No, no, no. Yeah, Thelma needs that shit. I'm disappointed Grab the hand of the ghost that's with you. You know, for a god, that seems like a pretty bad way to, to off yourself. If I was going... Oh God, I would blow myself up if I was going to off myself, you know, with a really cool explosion. Right. right. Or, like, be like Dracula and burst into a thousand hats. Yeah. I don't think that will happen for me. Maybe I'll turn into glitter. <laughs> Just... <laughs> yeah. Cloak the world in my shiny, glittery goodness. It's a glitter bomb. <laughs> glitter bomb, that bitch. So good. So, Mr. Emmanuel, David, as he called himself... The Holy Trinity, as he were. He had a wife named Rachel, and they had seven children. That's a lot of kids. Well, he was Mormon. <sighs> so that makes sense. Their yeah. ages, though, is what's heart-wrenching. They were 5 to 17, or 5 to 15. So there were seven of them ranging in ages of 5 to 15. His poor wife's cooter. <laughs> Ow! No maybe, you know, maybe she left because she had seven kids. Well, she's like, it's just like throwing a hot dog down a hallway at this point. Oh, no. <laughs> Unless I get sewn up, it's just not going to oh, happen. Oh, no. Or maybe maybe that's why they had so many is because she was so loose they just slipped out. It's true. It wouldn't be as painful at that point. It's just plop, plop. I, I guess. So this family had been living on the 11th floor of the International Dunes Hotel for more than a year. So this is prior to it being called the Shiloh Inn, prior to it being the present-day Holiday Inn. So the children were homeschooled from their hotel suite, and the police estimated that the family had paid about $30,000 to live at the hotel. They were reportedly, right? They were, why are you, you're getting indicted for wire fraud. It's because you're living in a hotel. (laughs) It's okay. They already paid the hotel up front. It's fine. Right? That's, I needed a place for my family to live. I'm God. I can take this money. (laughs) <laughs> and they were reportedly eating takeout meals from fancy Salt Lake City restaurants every every evening. The hotel also changed ownership several times and for a long time was the Shiloh Inn before becoming a Holiday Inn Express in 2015. So on August 3rd, 1978, Rachel took her children out onto the balcony. One by one, she threw them over the edge. The smallest children were simply picked up and thrown over. Some of the others clung to the balcony railing until she pried them off. The oldest children jumped willingly, followed by Rachel herself. Horrified bystanders below were helpless to do anything other than watch. 
Rachel and six of her children died. The 15-year-old daughter, also named Rachel, survived the fall, though she was seriously injured. The family was buried at the Taylorsville Memorial Park Cemetery. So that's not too far away from where we are now. Because Miss Antipants uh, resides in, in T-Ville. Is that on Redwood? Uh, let's Google it, because I have no idea. I didn't even know I only know of that one that there's, like, right there. Yeah, I know which one you're talking about. It's across the street from the Slick Campus. Yeah, and the vape shop. <laughs> and the vape shop. That's why Kira knows. <laughs> I vape yeah. all the time. 4567 South Redwood Road, Taylorsville. Nailed it! So I've also heard that this cemetery is haunted. Because one of the people, ironically... There's the, not even many tombstones I know, in there. it's a really small Weird. little cemetery. So ironically, one of the guys I worked with at Holiday Inn, because mm-hmm. I worked for their call center, um, for their big... Like, it was it was IHG, Intercontinental Hotels Group. They own Holiday Inn. So one of my coworkers um, did some part-time work at the cemetery, like, digging, hmm. like the graves or like moving stuff around for them and he said that there's weird stuff that happens when he when he was there working that's so weird because it's so small and there's hardly anyone buried there but think about all the concentration of of like energy in that small (laughs) space it's also a square so it's like it's bouncing off of the have you ever noticed that how usually cemeteries are squares that's true i feel like it boxes in the ghosts (laughs) <laughs> you stay right down. You stay in this box. <laughs> in this invisible force field, you may not go any further. You may not. No fast tacos. So yes. when people stay in the hotel, they have a similar experience to Miss Antipants. Some people are awakened by the cries of cries and screams of children or by a woman wailing. Other guests claim to have seen the children themselves running up and down the hallways on the 11th floor. Ghost hunters claim the spirits often haunt the places they died, unable to move on because of violent or tragic circumstances of their death. The children who were thrown or jumped to their deaths most certainly suffered horrific deaths. Though the hotel has changed hands and has been renovated several times since 1978, the story of the tragedy that happened here is still well known. Whether or not the hotel is haunted by it is anyone's guess. Rachel David, the surviving member of the family, was interviewed when she was in her late 30s. She still believes that her father is God and that he'll return to Earth someday. You sure about that? Right? Um, yeah, so I'm going to go to the to the daughter. If I can find the article. Here we go. So Rachel David, this is on Deseret News. Rachel David, sole survivor from her family suicide plunge from downtown Salt Lake City Hotel Balcony in 1978, still says she believes her father is God and will return to Earth. Quote, I remember my father said he will be back. I know he will. David said in an interview to be broadcast Monday on TV magazine program Inside Edition, my father has never lied, she said. The program said she had continued to try to follow the suicide order and has attempted to kill herself several times. Oh, girl. Girl. Right? She Uh. was, when she was 15, she, her mother, and six brothers and sisters plunged from the 11th floor of then International Dunes Hotel on August 3rd, 1978. The family had been living in the room for more than a year. The children either jumped or were thrown from the balcony by their mother. See, this says that the mother's name was Rebecca and not Rachel. So there might be a typo there. Before she herself jumped as a morning, she herself jumped as morning commuters, pedestrians, and construction workers looked in horror. Rachel was hospitalized for months. Then state family services officials said she was being placed with a foster family. She had not been heard of until Inside Edition tracked her down. She is confirmed. She is confined to a wheelchair and lives with an uncle, according to, um, according to the report. 
So uh, her father, just going back to him, he was 39 at the time and he had changed his name from Charles Bruce Longo, claimed to be a descendant from the House of David. Um, And then it goes on to say that Rachel jumped willingly, believed her death and those of her family were ordained. So this one makes me really sad because as a 15 year old kid Mm -hmm. with your parents who are conditioning you and like influencing you. To be a part of this cult. And like, I can't. So the thing that kills me about this story is that the little ones who were clinging to the railing, right? Mm -hmm. Like their survival instinct strong and their mother just prying their little fingers off the bars. That's why I asked, like, was it all voluntary or? Yeah. Because they're so young. Right. That's sad. And like, I. I... (laughs) Parents, you dumb. Well, <laughs> just you dumb parents. You what dumb. Kind of, I just don't understand how you could believe so heartedly and think that a deity is good if they it requires you to kill your child. Yeah, kill innocent people. It's one thing to kill yourself if you feel that right. way, but to involve innocent children, right, is fucked. Or to to say, or to be like Apple White and to say mm-hmm. that like you have the right to you know influence these people and to tell them to join you and yeah. to like I, I feel like some of it like from us from a psychological point of view i think a lot of it has to do with like manipulation and how powerful that is absolutely i think the world's greatest example of manipulation is adolf hitler uh-huh. and i feel like it just goes it goes along with that where people get taken in and they believe something that is so fantastical that they you know, it, it, they no longer have, like, sense of, like, what, I don't want to say what is right and what is wrong, but what is rational and what is not rational. Take some charismatic mofos. It's true. And the fact that the kids, that's the other thing, too, is that, like, putting people who have, who are vulnerable, like children, or people who have mental illnesses, putting them in the care of somebody who is going to do something malicious or neglectful. Mm-hmm. Like, I think you dug up a story about that in our, in our hometown, in our home state. Yep. So take it, take it away, Kira. Take okay. it away. Okay. So I found a, a case that's a current one. Like, I think it happened last year and then there's been uh, legal repercussions that have happened to these souls later. But so we're going to go take the realm of trying to get treatment for your mental health issues and it going awry. Oh no. Yeah. This is probably even more well, I don't know what's more sad, a mother throwing her children off a balcony or trying to get help and not getting any. It's equally sad in different ways. That's fair. Go on, go on. So, so this one we're going to, I'm going to dub this the Hidden Hollow Healthcare Facility Suicide. I just wanted a lot of words. <laughs> you just wanted to trip me up with the vowels? Yeah, all those vowels, man. Just wait. Some of these names have too many vowels as well. I will not be able to pronounce. So I'm going to give them their first and last initials. <laughs> so Strap hidden in, folks. That's right. So Hidden Hollow is a healthcare facility um, in Orem. And they are Medicare and Medicaid certified. 35 beds. Um, they're an intermediate care facility that help mostly people with intellectual disabilities, um, people with schizophrenia, 
um, suicidal ideations and stuff, such as our poor person that we're going to be talking about. So that's the place, but that place we'll go to a little bit later. First, now that we have some info there, um, Jen uh, Nguyen, is that how you say Nguyen? his last name? Yeah. Yeah. We know I can't say. Names. I'm probably slaughtering it too. So but, if someone is from, you know, has heritage from Southeast Asia, we're sorry. So uh, he was 48 years old. He suffered from schizophrenia with suicidal ideations. Um, so he's been at a few different care facilities to help him out. You can see the news clips on YouTube and it's really sad. His poor brother is just heartbroken from what happened. And his brother truly cared. Um, so it makes it even more sad if you look those up. <laughs> but so at first he was at a different care center called Evergreen Park. And that's in Murray with 17 other men. And these are like little, the care facilities they have just look like more houses than like hospital type buildings. Okay. Um, so that one was shut down um, and the owner was charged because that place was just in deplorable conditions like they had to deal with raw sewage bed bugs oh. and a broken furnace and just neglect just it's, it's almost like a, a mental health facility in like the turn of the century like in the early yeah. 1800s yep so it was shut down the owners were charged for all that so he was sent to the Hidden Hollows facility, where it just gets better in some ways and worse in all the other ways. So so then he was sent from Murray to Orem. Um, so when he was put there, he wasn't given the proper medication that he needed for his schizophrenia. Oh, no. And um, so he ended up committing suicide so i'm gonna do the little more give you some more information now mm -hmm. but that's like the basic gist of it so now two employees were charged for the abuse of the patient after he died um i can't pronounce her name so we're gonna call the first one lo and the other one al um, they both were charged with aggravated abuse of a vulnerable adult. There's too many vowels. Now I'm noticing all the vowels. Um, it's a third I've degree. infected you. You have. It's a third degree felony. Um, L.O. worked as an administrator and then A.L. was the director of nursing. Both served as caretakers for that, for Chen. Um, and were accused of endangering him which in the end he committed suicide so according to the charging documents chen was as we know had schizophrenia and suicidal ideations prior to suicidal attempts um, so he was prescribed a daily dose of 150 milligram clozapine to treat his schizophrenia but when he was moved to hidden hollow um, he didn't have any of his clozapine with him, so instead of scheduling appropriate medical evaluations so he could get his, continue his regimen. Right. Um, AL, she, um, I have to remember things when I give them just nicknames. You're good. <laughs> they do have very difficult names to, to pronounce. Oh, okay. So AL, the second one, um, she used clozapine. From 
discontinued prescription from a prior patient. So he's did I'm taking it the patient was dead or something and it was just the leftover, so he's just she's like, Here, just take this. Okay. Was it the proper dosage? Probably not. No, probably not. So it says beginning April first, two thousand twenty two. My dog's birthday. Um the clozapine began to run out. Char the charging document stated um, and then, f- so from the 1st through the 3rd of April, um, Chan didn't receive a full dosage. And then from April 4th to April 11th, he didn't receive any of the medication. Wow. Um, so the second douche canoe documented that he was out of medication and that he was suicidal, but did nothing to fix it. So didn't warn the doctor, nothing. didn't talk with anybody Just documented, at the facility, didn't let he's the... He's out. <laughs> That's it. It's like, okay. <laughs> it, it, I, yeah. And I want to touch on this because um, it's a little hard to, to justify the seriousness of it for like in terms of neglect. But when somebody has schizophrenia, um, the clonazepine, um, clozapine, sorry, the clozapine is used for to help them treat the schizophrenia um and basically like schizophrenia is not necessarily multiple personalities people get that confused schizophrenia is actually more um it affects a person's ability to think feel and behave clearly so they're not necessarily multiple people but sometimes they can hear a lot of intrusive thoughts that they think are coming from other places or other people um and to have an antipsychotic medication kind of helps mitigate that. So here we have somebody who went without it for a long time and was probably getting the wrong dose before. Mm-hmm. So it's very serious. And also being in a care facility, like if someone, usually they have what's called suicide watch. Mm-hmm. Like if you're at a hospital or something, and that's very... Um, it's taken very seriously. It's taken very seriously. You're basically, like, re- confined to your room. Um, sometimes they might restrain you if they have, like, if they feel it's severe, severe enough. But you're kept on watch for a minimum of 24 hours to make sure that you're not a danger to yourself or anyone else. Um, so this is incredible neglect on the part of the mm-hmm. care workers. And then, So on April 11th of 2022, around 1 a.m., the patient um, lay in the parking lot and was run over inadvertently by an employee with the vehicle. He was hit? He was hit. He was he hit? Oh he got God. run over by some poor person working in there, had no idea. Um, but it wasn't the first time the patient endangered himself by going into the middle of the road. Earlier that evening at 8.30 p.m., Chan reportedly ran out of the facility sat in the middle of the road, and tried to lie down. Um, so according to the charging documents, um, the first lady, who's in the administrative part, um, she escorted him back to the facility and allegedly did not file an incident report, nor did she warn the night staff about what he had just tried to do. So the patient is AWOL, has AWOL tendencies, yep. where he just runs out, absent without leave. Mm-hmm. And is engaging in unsafe behaviors of putting himself in bodily danger and 
she does nothing. She yeah. just leads him back to the facility and is like, stay here, person. She basically failed to take emergency action adequately, warn staff, and put safeguards in place. She did none of this. So she just completely wrote off everything. Right. Um, so she permitted the patient's health to be endangered by mismanaging medications, failing to obtain necessary medical evaluations, and failing to properly follow up with suicidal behaviors. So this, these two bitches, man. Not only that, like, simultaneous, this comes along with two men who managed an assisted living home in Midvale. Um, they were being charged for unsafe and unsanitary living conditions as well. So it's just showing you there, there's a lot of shit happening in, like, these assisted living, living places. Like, to try and help people, you, you take your loved one there, hoping they're in good hands because you don't have the proper things to help them. Right. Only for people to be abused and mismanaged and could die. Right. Um... No, you're absolutely right. Here, Here's a family that obviously, it sounds like he probably doesn't have much of a family. It sounds like he probably just has his brother. Yeah. But obviously his brother, it's, it's hard to take care of another adult, just like it's hard to be a single parent. Um, So you take him to a facility. I'm sure the facility before it got shut down had rave reviews and had a whole spiel about how they care and everything. And the problem is, is that the medical field, a lot of people... You know, after so long, they stop taking their job seriously or they get jaded. Or and they're then they overworked. Do, or they're overworked and underpaid and then stuff like this happens. Uh-huh. But it, it just exacerbates the issue. So here's a person that doesn't have a high quality of life to begin with and is kind of a prisoner of their own mind because of the way schizophrenia works. And, you know, needs 24-hour around-the-clock care, has to move into facilities. And then everything that's wrong with him is exacerbated due to lack of concern and lack of follow through by the by the caretakers yeah um, so the attorney general charged the two women with aggravated abuse of a vulnerable adult um they filed charges on june 22nd 2023 against the two individuals the al and the lo they have been charged, each charged with one count of reckless aggravated abuse of a vulnerable adult, as well as third degree felonies. It doesn't tell me what the third degree felonies are, and I want to know what they are specifically. Would, this, would the other ones be the third degree? Like the um, aggravated, whatever words are right now, my brain died. <laughs> so, that's, well, it's saying there's um, more on top of the third yeah, degree. Yeah, so, so the biggest charge that they're, that they're like the I guess the way that they're positioning it is the one that they can definitely get a solid conviction of is the reckless aggravated abuse of a vulnerable adult and then there's other felonies I, I wish think they would it might still be going it. I, it might be an ongoing thing though maybe it's the layering of the charge I don't know because you could you can get the document because it's it's Utah versus these people so you can go and get the actual courts like the papers that they're served mm-hmm. as a criminal and see what the charges are and that's what I was looking at um <clears throat> but it doesn't it really just talks about this aggravated um so the aggravated the abuse yeah so it might just be it's not enough <laughs> which they position it no it's not it should be like um it's not quite manslaughter because they didn't actively do it but something right you know something along those charges where it's still like a form of 
murder in a way because you helped assist in it by not stopping it. Yeah, so neglect neglect is a way words. for someone to be murdered. Um, especially so like any vulnerable human. So like a baby, a child, a mm-hmm. disabled adult. Um, you're you're absolutely right. It and that's why it is a third degree felony, is because it's you you contributed to the loss of life somewhere. Which is, whether it was on purpose or by accident. Which is stupid because some people have been charged with murder and have done less. <laughs> this, like, they should just be charged with murder. Yeah. Because she's an idiot. Like, Allegedly. Because uh, <laughs> they allegedly. <laughs> well, and it sounds like... I mean, you know how to do your job better. So it's truly like you, you just didn't care enough to do your job or you didn't take it seriously... And I think that that's something to point out, too, is that when people, ex- you know, have suicidal ideation or suicidal tendencies or they express that they're suicidal, mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people, for whatever reason, um, discredit it. And I think yeah. that that exacerbates the issue. That's true. I think that if you if you want, if you really care about someone, you need to be willing to sit with them in their darkest hour and to validate them. Absolutely. And let them know that they're not alone. Yeah. Um and I think that that's probably the biggest thing to to suicide prevention is to let people know that they're not alone. So listeners out there, you're not alone mm-hmm. and your feelings are valid. Like absolutely. Mental health is serious and should be taken more serious and should be talked about more and not hushed and you shouldn't feel ashamed of what you feel. Exactly. I also don't like the stigma around So I unfortunately um, have known way too many people who have, who have chosen to tap out and yeah, taken their own lives. Here. And the thing that always frustrates me the most about those funerals is that no one ever says that that's how they went out. You know, mm-hmm. they actually don't ever give you the reason they leave it open for interpretation. But you know, when someone doesn't tell you why your friend died young, unexpectedly, you, you know, you know, it's suicide. Mm-hmm. And I wish... I wish we lived in a culture where you could, where you could say that. Like, unfortunately, this person succumbed to yeah. suicidal ideation instead of making it so hush-hush. Yeah. If you address the monster in the room, it's easier to conquer the monster in the room. Definitely. sweep it under the rug. Definitely. So, with that in mind, addressing monsters in the room, what type of music reflects the monster that is mental health and suicide and all those tragic things mine kind of is like goes just with the icky low tones um we're gonna go with ozzy suicide solutions Woo, ozzy then the rest of these are all gonna be by apocalyptica <laughs> so we're gonna do nothing else matters because but this is That's originally a Metallica song, yeah. right? Okay, so it's a but cover. it's beautiful. Like with the cellos, it just gives it that extra added layer of doomy gloom, but beautiful, beautiful like sadness. Um, then we'll go with their song "Path," and then another Metallica remix. One, it's just One's so beautiful in cello. I just love it. Um, and then bittersweet. So. One Aussie, all the rest are apocalyptica because I felt that just the cello would be appropriate for this because it taps into that sad tone. Yes. Beautifully. Yes. Like beautiful sadness. 
because suicide is a, a sad thing. It's not beautiful at all. It's sad. No. It's it's always sad. Mm-hmm. Um, but for some reason, cellos make and those kind of things. Sad. Yeah, they <laughs> they but they still bring that ominous tone. Yeah. But like in the a, reverence. Yeah. It's it's weird, but <laughs> there it is. I like it. I like that you put Ozzy first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that you warned that. us before uh-huh. you went to the rest. Yep. <laughs> so my um song list. Um, some of these come from this song list I have called Encouraging Anthems. So, and this isn't in any particular order, but uh, FTW by Tiger Army. Yeah. Because sometimes just fuck the world. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of anger and angst in that song, and I know when I'm having a bad day, I like to, to you, blast that one. You gotta anger and rank it. Angst it out. Angst it out. I gotta <laughs> angst it out. Get your angst on. Get my angst to angst on. Um... And then I'm going to go with, uh, from, from someone who supposedly took their own life, um, Mr. Kurt Cobain, we're yeah. going to do all apologies. That makes sense. Because I personally don't believe he took his life. I think he was, he was we, murdered, but. We were talking about that earlier. So yeah. I'm that's, <laughs> I think it was a conspiracy, but you know, when, when people decide that their life is over, that they're going to tap out, they usually write a note. Or they say, you know, I'm sorry. Yeah, but if everyone knows that, it's easy to do that to, you know. Yeah. I I don't. <sighs> Courtney. <It's, that's> a, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> Whether you are involved or not, you're suspicious. You're my number one suspicious. You're suspicious. You're also, also not very attractive <laughs> or a very good musician. Yeah. No offense. No, great offense, because I think you great. murdered Kurt. <laughs> yeah. Mary says that. I'm trying to skirt. <laughs> She's trying to be polite. I won't be. I want to be Switzerland. I want to be neutral in this. <laughs> Never! You must take the side of us! But I love Chaosium and their Switzerland band. Sorry, that didn't come out. They're from Switzerland. That's what I meant to say. That's all right. Um, and then next... Um, some old school oi punk, Never Say Never by The Business. Yes. Because this is a great anthem. Um, mm-hmm. You never say never, even when you're at the edge of never. 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 <laughs> we just contradicted ourselves. Never, never. Never, never. 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 And then my last song is is my jam. Is my jammy jam. There it is. Um, I was waiting for it. So this song is is one from the 80s, um, and it is In a Big Country by Big Country. <laughs> and Mind before <laughs> before you were like, why, why would this 80s pop song be? So the original title of the song was Stay Alive, mm. because when you listen to the lyrics, um, it talks about... Um, in a big country, dreams stay with you like a lover's voice fires the mountainside. Stay alive. So initially it was called Stay Alive, but when, um, oh geez, what's his name? Brian, the producer for you two. I have um, no idea. <laughs> hold on, let me look this up. Anyway, the producer for the song, um, he's a really big UK producer. 
he decided to call to have it be called in a big country Mm -hmm. um and that was because the band's name was big country so the singer was actually um brian eno that's who it is so producer brian eno convinced the band to change the name of the song which i think is a big mistake um but the person who wrote the song the singer was actually um he succumbed to suicide unfortunately later on in life um and he struggled with depression and mental health issues and so when he wrote that song it was kind of like his anthem Mm. to um you know express what he was feeling and then later on he ended up committing suicide so i think it's a for me it's a it's a touching like it's a touching story behind a touching song and i really like it yeah and it's a very epical song because they get the guitarist to sound like bagpipes and it's a scottish band and it's just it it's just pumped like if you ever you know if you've heard it which i'm Mm -hmm. pretty sure most people have so that's my choice and that's only four of them that's all i got for our list today that's a good one so i like the story too yeah it's one of my favorites to karaoke by the way um get mary liquored up and give her some karaoke give me give me some some scottish bands to karaoke to um speaking of scottish scottish people can be pretty hairy it's true who also is very hairy our silver fox who is our silver fox are y'all ready for this (laughs) nano 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 Good morning, Vietnam! I was like, what is it that he always says? I forget. That is Robin Williams. It's it's the Robin Williams. It's the genie from Aladdin. Genie of the, the lamp. lamp! It's, uh, it's Mrs. Doubtfire. Hello! <laughs> and my personal favorite, Peter Pan. I don't know what sound he makes or I would have done that. hook in so long such a good movie though it is so did you know um that dustin hoffman who played captain hook and robin williams they decided not to take salaries for that movie they ended up taking producer credits and they ended up making more money because it was such a well that's uh, awesome movie smart man sweet um mr robin williams also was a collector of i think picasso paintings um so the story goes that in 1991 or 1990, respectively, when Aladdin was in production, they Disney wanted to do something different and um, get a big star to voice it. Because prior to this, that had not occurred before. You didn't have a A-list celebrities voicing cartoons. Mm-hmm. Um, so they wanted they wanted Robin Williams to do the voice. Robin Williams read the script and he read the genie and he fell in love with it and he said yes, but on one condition that you don't advertise it's me as part That's of your awesome. marketing. Like I want people to see this movie for the movie. I don't want them to come see it for me. That's awesome. So Disney says, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Here's your contract. We'll put that in there as a speculation. Um, Disney did not <laughs> did not do that. Disney it's did Disney. the exact opposite. Disney <laughs> plastered Robin Williams' name all over their advertisement. That's how they got so many people to come in opening day. Robin was pissed. He was so pissed because they violated um, the contract. So to butter him back up and to say that they were sorry, they ended up buying him a um, 
a painting, like a, a an original, um, who did I just say? Picasso. Picasso, like an original Picasso painting. Um, and even after Robin Williams accepted it, but he, there was still like a lot of bitterness on his end with Disney. Like after. Painting doesn't help. <laughs> it's true, but I think it's, um, yeah, he refused to work with Disney after Aladdin feud. So he accepted the painting, but he did not. He was like, no, this is, this is bullshit. Um, but I always thought that that was a really cool story. Yeah. And it just... I didn't even know that story. Yeah. It goes... It kind of speaks into the type of guy that he was. Um, also, apparently, he would ask production companies to hire homeless people as extras for movies that he worked on. That's awesome. So that they would get paid and they would be able to eat the catering at Aww. the... Right? Um, a good man. He was a really good man. Um, and he actually... I He wasn't that bad looking when he was younger. When he was younger, there's there's the catch. I mean, he wasn't bad when he was older either. It's just he was much more attractive when he was younger. He's too hairy for me. It, I yeah. don't I don't quite like shag carpet men. It's true. Like I I like hair on men, but he's a Some, little yeah. too much. Just when a little bit. When it's like Chewbacca with the shirt off, it's a bit much it is a bit much um where my fingers will get stuck in entrapped in hair where you have to use a brush on your whole body <laughs> instead of just your head i gotta get my boar brush why i need to brush my hand out of your chest oh, no. please walk with me to go grab it because i'm stuck um <laughs> it, it's also like his uh his face kind of like his his own yeah it's it's, it's very narrow. Yeah. Not that he's not he's attractive. He's got pretty eyes. He does have pretty eyes. And it's not that he's not attractive. It's just if his if his bridge was less narrow, I think he would be more attractive. He's he's a man that us women like for the humor and the kindness as opposed to the looks. I, I heard. So I also heard there's a, I think this was on HBO, but there's like a little biography that's about his life where mm-hmm. there's interviews and people that know him and everything. Apparently, he was quite the ladies' man. Because he's funny. Funny men get the ladies. He is, but also he he's like, he's like, he's a freak. Like, he is, ah, you know what I he's mean? He's a freak. Like, he's a freak. He is a, uh, um, it, I guess a sexually energized, but if you've seen his stand-up, you can tell yeah, that he's true. very, like, yeah. sexual. And, and, like, his first marriage apparently was kind of an open marriage where he was allowed to have more than just his wife. I could not do that. I <laughs> I would be jealous. That's fair. I just think it's, I just think it's interesting because when you think of Robin Williams in our age group, he <laughs> uh-huh. did so many wholesome movies. Yep. You would not think he's You would not freak. think that he was a freak, but he is. And let me tell you something. If you haven't seen Robin Williams live on Broadway, watch it. Mm-hmm most hilarious two hours you will ever you <laughs> you're gonna life. build that ab core. it's true you're gonna have an ab workout you're gonna be like i got a six pack so watch it weekly so you can help exercise so you can exercise abs. so you really will get out and you can like start your own like i got these abs watching this special <laughs> <laughs> i'm on the robin williams exercise <laughs> yep the, exer- the robin williams regimen <laughs> robin williams regimen <laughs> So, unfortunately, Mr. Robin Williams also succumbed to suicide Mm -hmm. on August 11th of 2014. I remember when that happened. Mm -hmm. It was so sad. I couldn't believe it. 
a lot of people didn't realize all the demons he was like trying to deal with until then like a lot of celebrities that do that right um so at the time he had been diagnosed with parkinson's and he was experiencing a lot of obviously like memory issues and a lot of like moody behavior and things like that Mm -hmm. um a lot of people um prior to his death you know he just wasn't himself um he didn't you know he didn't he wasn't acting like himself he didn't feel like himself he was tired all the time um and it turned out later in his autopsy that he he had he had a different disorder altogether um yeah, until then, I didn't know he had all those issues. Right. Which, unfortunately, a lot of people who go through all that stuff, it does cause them to do stuff like that. It's true. Um, and Robin had struggled a lot with depression and with alcoholism mm-hmm. um, and with cocaine, too. He he. The highlight or the start of his career was in the 70s, and it was definitely during the cocaine drug craze cocaine season as i call yeah it. so he he was addicted to cocaine at one point he was addicted to alcohol he um got on the you know got on the wagon became alcohol free i guess is that the word sober that's the word i'm looking for he became I mean, sober alcohol free <laughs> he went to go do a movie in alaska and uh he fell off the wagon while he was there because again mm, there was nothing to yeah, do but drink it's alaska yeah so um he he definitely had a tra- like he definitely had his demons like you said so he did not have parkinson he had lewy body dementia it was diagnosed in october 2014 so a couple months after his death following an autopsy on his brain um so they they thought that he had um you know parkinson or possibly alzheimers but he had this lewy body dementia um, and what they're saying now is that the dementia likely drove him to mm. to commit suicide just because of the way that that affects the brain and affects someone's psyche and so sad. and like moodiness and things. So yeah. many people who have the disease are initially diagnosed with Parkinson. As the, de- as the disease progresses, they begin to show the symptoms, including trouble sleeping and vivid hallucinations, hunched posture, rigid muscles, a shuffling walk and trouble imitating movement. Um, some are diagnosed with Alzheimer's or a psychiatric disorder. So it's one of those things that's a degenerate of the brain and the neural path communication. And this fits exactly what Robin Williams is going through before his death. Like he wasn't sleeping very well. He was always tired. His body hurt all the time. He was confused. He was moody. Um, that sounds like me. Right. (laughs) And it's, it's, I feel like it's particularly sad in his case because he's such a, I mean, if he were alive today, we'd call him, like, a woke celebrity. Mm-hmm. Like, he was a very down-to-earth person. And so to be in a situation where you know that you have this this disease or this disorder and it's only going to get worse from here on in, yeah. it kind of makes sense why you would decide, now's the time. I'm out, guys. Yep. Sad. It is sad. And his death, he'll always be Peter Pan to me. He'll always be the genie to me. (laughs) Right? He'll always be immortalized in our Mm -hmm. memories. But Robin Williams, we love you. You definitely influenced me as a funny person. That's for sure. (laughs) Lots of Disney quotes for me. Oh, yeah. Definitely. And being grossed out by very hairy men. (laughs) I don't like that much hair. (laughs) 
<laughs> Maybe if you had groomed a little bit more, you would be higher up on Kira's fox list. Yeah, but, but for me, <laughs> but you're all funny, right? But for I me, I'm you. I'm sad you're gone, and I I mean I'm sad he's gone too. <laughs> I could just do without the hair. Mm-hmm. So what you're saying is, is we need to bring clippers into the afterlife. Yeah, I would like to shave my initials into his chest hair. <laughs> You hear that, Robin Williams? It goes to Robin Williams. I'm coming for you, bro. <laughs> With my clippers. So even though you're as hairy as an ape, Robin, we love you. We Thank love you. Thank you for being our silver fox. Yep. And probably one of the only men we've we've elected that actually has fur. Yes. <laughs> if you would like to follow us on Instagram or Facebook. Or, or Twitter. Or Twitter. 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 <laughs> uh, Go to 801-4-0-CULT-C-C-U-L-T, um, or you can also email us, which will be killer, at 801-4-CULT-6-at-gmail, so 801-H-O-R-R-O-R-C-U-L-T-B-I-X, at gmail. We'd love to hear from you, tell us your stories, we will totally tell those stories because who doesn't want to hear that? You can hear our version of your story. Yes. It, it will, will be, be a real thing. weird. <laughs> you know how people do listener tales? We'll be like, we're going to put a spin on your yes. tale. This will be our version of your tale. We'll be like the, the modern art of your tale. Yes. <laughs> It'll be beautiful. Also, follow us, subscribe, and rate us. Listeners. It would be lovely if there were at least two. Yeah, we'll get two there. More. We'll get there. Marcy will show you her movie. <laughs> and Kira will show you her happy